0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. We turn now to one of the most important forms of communication, the printed word. It has evolved over the centuries from tablets to typewriters, enabling books and Bibles, novels and newspapers, and more. What better place to celebrate the printed word than the St. Louis Public Library? Its exhibit titled Print to Pixels, How Words Change the World opened earlier this month and will run through early June. Joining me in studio are Walla McGuire, CEO of the St. Louis Public Library. Eric Woods is the owner of Firecracker Press. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Don. Walla, let me start with you. This sounds like a
1: fascinating exhibit. How far back do we go? We go back to the very first instance of what I call the printed word, which is cuneiform. So those are words incised on clay and the, the authors of those words have been dead for 2,000 years, so that's a, a pretty astonishing span to think that your words can last millennia uh, like that. But we have several of those on display, and the, the exhibit runs all the way up to a 3D printer that we have working away within the room, uh, showing people what print is capable of in 2019 as well.
0: I suppose hieroglyphics don't count as the printed word, or do they?
1: I do count hieroglyphics as the printed word. So we go back to when really mankind first tried to record and make words portable. So some of our cuneiform, Mm -hmm. the the, uh, clay tablets, were actually written upon before the concept of word had been invented. And they're pictographs, like uh, Mm -hmm. Egyptian uh, hieroglyphics. But very quickly, they wanted to communicate thoughts not just like sheep or gold, they wanted to communicate bravery or uh, uh, cold. And so they invented the concept of words and those were carved into clay as well. So hieroglyphics, uh, we are counting as as uh, print and words and we're also counting, for instance, illuminated manuscripts from monks and uh the early inscribers working through the Middle Ages.
0: How did words change the world?
1: In nearly every way possible. Um, really, we, we started this exhibit based around something called the Grolier exhibit the library has, which is this wild and bizarre and really quite fascinating uh, collection uh, created in the 1950s when it was the 500th anniversary of Gutenberg's press. And a group put together, uh, historic items uh, having to do with printing. They put them in what I'd call an Airstream trailer and uh, toured them all over North America and Canada showing people what print had been through the years. That collection was given to us. It's full of amazing and beautiful and really quite astonishing things. But when you look at print and what it spilled into and what it did, We're a library, of course, so you can follow thoughts and curiosities and questions in all directions. So it spills into religion, it spills into technology, it spills into government. Uh, Print really, well, we we meant what we said, it has changed the world and continues to do so. People talk about creating print that is uh, introduced directly into the brain and it makes one think. Will that be print? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we react to that? Uh, the World Wide Web has changed the world. But in, in our section of the world, print, words on paper, really truly are, are a powerful force and still are.
0: So many of the words that uh, are expressed today are not put on paper anymore. They're digital words that the uh, window a computer and a generation from now may never be seen again.
1: We talk about those, too, and, of course, we do a huge business in those words, print that's created just by a a milliamp of current running through a screen. And those are, uh, we have great concerns about those, the way that they are permanent for an instant and then they may disappear. And libraries worry about thoughts and phrases and knowledge that disappears that way. But people also have to worry, I'll point out, those words have a way of not disappearing and showing up often at inopportune times. Digital media is uh, uh, an interesting and sometimes dangerous uh, form of print and communication. So it it pays to think about these issues and how print does affect our lives uh, and how we should pay attention to it.
0: Eric, Woods, I'm sure this is something you must give some thought to, given what you do. (laughs) The the digital world versus the physically printing of, uh, of words. Sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't talk about print without talking about technology. Yeah. Uh, and we talk about technology a lot these mm-hmm. days. Um, and most people think of that as digital technology. But uh, digital technology doesn't exist without printing. Uh, the, uh, the structure that we've got underlying all that digital technology came from the printed world. Uh, a lot of that terminology is very similar. So... Um, you know, at the Firecracker Press, our interest is in the last five hundred years or so. We don't go back, quite back to two. You're going to Gutenberg, ago, I assume. That's, but we yeah. basically go to Gutenberg, mm-hmm. and um, folks often ask us, "Well, what is what's special about what Gutenberg did?" And he gets credit for inventing the printing press, but you also have to consider the combination of tying the printing press to movable type, so letters on blocks that can be moved around, recomposed, printed taken apart, the next day you come in and you work on another project. Mm -hmm. And that concept right there alone changes the world. What is your exhibit like at the library? Well, the great thing about this collaboration between the Firecracker Press and the St. Louis Public Library is that we're gonna take our shop, our uh, shop that's over on Cherokee Street, we're actually gonna move it to the library. So, in essence, we'll be taking presses, we'll be taking type, I'll take my phone, I'll take my desk, all the accessories. We need to run the shop and we'll actually be doing that from the library location, from the central library.
0: What what kind of printing will you be doing
2: there? We're doing letterpress printing and that is Gutenberg's uh, invention, Mm -hmm. more or less. And uh, we talk about technology, Uh, people want to know what letterpress is and really letterpress was simply printing After Gutenberg sort of developed this technology, um, it took about 400 years for that to change and a a technology to advance so that there were subsections of what printing is, be it offset printing or today digital printing. So what we're doing wouldn't have been all that particularly special 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, But now that we've got other forms of communication, uh, it certainly has a contrast.
0: Waller, are you ha- going to take down the please be quiet signs of the library? Sounds like it
1: might be a little noisy. We are, uh, yes. We're we're taking down all sorts of <laughs> misconceptions about the library because I'll, I'll point out Eric and Firecracker is going to be doing this right in the Great Hall. It's one of the things that, that they were eager to do and we asked them to. They We want to show people j- just the impact, literally, of a press on paper and, and what's involved in it. Um, so they're going to be going to be doing this right out in the Great Hall, uh, and not only is it the printing press. Part of this exhibit is built around typewriters, because it's our argument that typewriters were a huge uh, portion of the development of printing and making everybody a printer at home. And there's a, a another collaboration we're working with the Jones mm-hmm. Typewriter Company, who's right here in St. Louis, and so we've got an exhibit of some of the very earliest in fact, the earliest commercial typewriter ever made. But we've also got a display of early typewriters that people can work on, can type on. (laughs) And it's been funny. Uh, People are lining up, you and I can't believe this, but there are people who've never touched a typewriter or heard it clack. It's been a long time since we've heard the clack of a typewriter in the Great Hall. So there are all sorts of noises going on in the Great Hall, and that's a great thing.
0: And it's funny you should mention that. Uh, we're not very far from a St. Louis public radio newsroom. And every time I walk into that room with all the busy reporters and hear nothing, Yes, uh, <laughs> it, you know, I think back to the early days when I started. All you heard was the clacking of typewriters and wire machines.
1: We, uh, Eric actually has a linotype as as part of his uh, operation, which I would have loved to have moved into the Great Hall. That's another huge step forward in technology and printing. It really made modern uh, newspapers possible. But it, they're such vast, enormous machines. They're the ones that Thomas Edison called the eighth wonder of the world because they're so complicated. But we have a, a fascinating film about how they, they worked. So... Uh, all of those things, part of the exhibit is uh, an allegic photograph we found of two massive linotype machines in the arcade building downstairs rusting away because when technology moved on and I guess photo setup mm-hmm. became a reality, they, they were useless. And so suddenly there were hundreds of thousands of these gigantic machines being disposed of, but they were a huge part of our culture and, and helped get us where we are. So we touch on things like that in this exhibit as well as just the beauties of illuminated manuscripts, or as you point out, papyrus. And uh, uh, there is in this collection, it's part of the Grolier Collection, a King James Bible, which is an astonishing thing. That is literally the first time some of the most famous words in the English language ever appeared. And that is the book there on display that was read from English pulpits and made those words known. It changed history. Um, and it's a sort of utilitarian, beautiful, but utilitarian document because it was printed to, for the first time ever, to make the Bible known in English um, and one has an emotional reaction seeing the real thing in front of oneself Mm. and so i think that's an important part of what an exhibit can do
0: erica i've forgotten some of my history here but wasn't the bible the first thing that gutenberg printed do you recall Uh,
2: the the bible is certainly what folks know uh gutenberg printed uh, the gutenberg bibles that go around people are have seen and, and certainly know about those. Yeah. Um, Gutenberg's time was very limited. Uh, you know, we know that he's the sort of the godfather of all this stuff, but I think if my history serves me correctly, he only operated for a couple of years until um, money became a problem. So uh, there were other individuals involved with him, investors and, and, and folks that kind of helped him run the shop, and those folks carried on his legacy after he was gone. So.
0: As Waller has indicated, uh, much of this uh, exhibit is is hands-on. How is that so with regard to Firecracker Press at the
2: library? Well, everything we do at Firecracker Press is hands-on.
0: Everything you do, but what about the visitors?
2: Uh, Well, the folks that are going to be coming, uh, we'll be doing Saturday sessions with folks as they Mm -hmm. come in. Uh, We'll be doing print demonstrations and talks about history, uh, both in the long term and uh, sort of in St. Louis print history here, uh, which is pretty rich. And folks will be able to print something and take it with them, take it home. Uh,
0: give me sort of some insight into the St. Louis rich printing history. I, I haven't associated that with St. Louis necessarily.
2: Well, here's a fantastic thing about the library. Uh, they have an amazing collection of uh, type specimen books. Um and there were over 200 type styles. We know them today as fonts uh, on your computer. Sure. Uh, um, uh, 200, over 200 typefaces that were designed here in St. Louis uh, by two individuals. One of those individuals was um, who the library's collection is named for, Nicholas Werner and um, they were changing the style of the times uh, all around the world with, uh, with their typefaces that were designed and cast here in St. Louis. So we'll be talking about that a little bit, but also you know the railroads, the shipping, all the industry that came through St. Louis um, needed printing of one kind or another.
0: Are we ever gonna reach the point where we will not have printing presses per se, that this, your industry will change that much?
2: Well, the idea that print is dying has been around for quite a while. Um, I can remember back many, many, many years ago to my college days, uh, the the term print is dead was coming about because computers were all we were using. Uh, That hasn't happened yet. In fact, I think I could argue that there's more paper being used today than ever before, and all that paper is being printed on one way or another. Letterpress... Printing, in particular, is something that um, has certainly changed over time and moved out of an industrial uh, application and into an art, mm-hmm. and that's what we do at the Firecracker Press.
0: Waller, I was surprised to hear you say a moment or two ago that there's a typewriter establishment here in town. I, I thought they were long
1: gone. No, uh, really dedicated group, mm-hmm. and actually we've had some people who visited the exhibit already and said— you know, I've got a typewriter in the basement and they've already shown up at the Jones Typewriter Company to have it repaired, so I I told staff we may be starting a second wave, I don't know, but yeah, there's there's still a dedicated, some people may know that Tom Hanks is a fanatical typewriter collector, and there are a lot of them, but, uh, a lot of people are anxious to keep them running, and my understanding is that the, the Jones outfit can do that. Yeah.
0: Well, if vinyl is coming back in the record industry, I suppose typewriters could come back, too. I've often joked that if I had a typewriter, where would I go to get a ribbon for the darn thing?
1: And we've we've had to do that, too, because we've got three of them out that people are using, and we're going through ribbons like wildfire. So that, that can be arranged, too, Don. But uh, there's just nothing like that satisfying impact when you hit a key and it smacks on on the page. Uh, and so we've got kids who literally have never touched one before who now want a typewriter. So, yep, new generation. I was
0: going to ask you how kids are reacting to uh, to the, the
1: typewriter. And it's, <clears throat> the exhibit has been designed so we hope so that anybody can interact with it. Um, you mentioned Gutenberg. I just wanted to say that Often in the United States, we do have a kind of, obviously a Western point of view, but the the history of print runs back into Korea and of course China, and it it has, well, uh, hundreds of years of history before Gutenberg sort Mm. of reinvented and and brought Mm -hmm. technology together, so we point that out. But we we try to create an exhibit that could lead into the the children's library, as well as the research collections. One of my favorite children's books, Clack uh, Moo, which is about cows with typewriters, is part of the exhibit, too. Uh, So uh, we try to appeal an interest to a wide audience.
0: Eric, as someone who's spending some time in the library these days, what, what is your favorite part of the exhibit, aside from your own participation?
2: Well, um, that Werner collection, like I mentioned earlier, with all the type specimen, Mm -hmm. I I know people from all over the world that come to St. Louis just to see see those typefaces in books. Mm -hmm. Um, Some pretty special stuff. Um, I walked in the other day straight through the front doors off of Olive, and I looked up in the ceiling, and uh, there's four icons sitting there. One of them is Gutenberg looking down on you. Um, the, you look around the outside of the building, there are printing presses over history that uh, you can find out more about, but um, I just love walking around the library and seeing all the icons, the decorations, uh, all the symbology that comes. Um, it's a beautiful building and uh, it's full of all kinds of really great information. So wonderful place.
0: Well, how about you? What uh, what really catches your attention the most?
1: <clears throat> we did uh, do a display that is, as Eric points out, directly tied to the building. The exterior of the building has these stunning carvings of printer's marks, which was the very earliest form of printing copyright. And so we photographed those around the building and displayed them so people can, can see them. Uh, but uh, really, some of the most beautiful and stunning and historic documents ever created, part of the exhibit. They're owned by St. Louis right here at the library. And it's not often that you can see something like that laid out in front of you and see a 1,000 or 500 years of history go right by your eyes. And so we've tried to do that, and I hope it works.
0: I'm sure it does, and what a wonderful setting for any kind of an
1: exhibit. The renovated library, if you will, is magnificent. Most beautiful room and uh, one of the most beautiful rooms in the United States, yeah.
0: No question about that. I want to thank you both uh, for being with us today. Again, the Print to Pixels, How Words Change the World exhibit runs through June 2nd at the Central Library downtown. Good luck with it. Thank, thank you for you, being with us. Thank Great you. Great to see you, Eric and Waller. That's it for us for today. I want to thank you all for joining us. I'm Don Marsh. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.